This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Us tonight on Sports Talk with Jack. So much to talk about. CFL regular season is over. We know the semifinal playoff matchups are set. Edmonton goes to Hamilton in the east. Winnipeg to BC in the west. We know Calgary and Ottawa. They're sitting back this weekend just watching because they will host the divisional finals. We know Saskatchewan, Montreal, and Toronto are planning for next year. So where do we start? So much to talk about tonight on uh, Sports Talk with Jack. And Glenn, I guess we're going to start with Montreal because here is Al's president, Mark Waitman, as he made the announcement this weekend. Jim Pop will not be returning to the Montreal Alouettes. His leadership over the last 20 plus seasons was a major contributing factor to the success that we have enjoyed over that span. The Montreal Alouettes organization and Winton Hall family are very grateful for all that Jim has done for this club. However, it was, it was mutually agreed that it was now time for a change. Time for a change in Montreal, Glenn, and I, I can't say that I am shocked with the news. No, no, and it sounds like it was sort of mutual. And I mean, when they say mutual, it's it's not like one was just flat out firing the other and saying, you know, the organization saying, you know, that's it, we've had enough, goodbye, you know, thanks a lot. It was a discussion. He's been around long enough that he deserved that, and Jim Pop, and I'm sure he probably at some point in that conversation went, you know what, guys, I, I, I see the position you're in. I know this business well enough. Uh, let's just part ways. And uh, I don't, I'm not surprised at all. I guess there's a couple questions now. You know, what is the legacy of Jim Pop if he if he's not in the business next year, mm-hmm. and and this is it for him as far as the CFL is concerned? If that's the case, and I don't believe it is, but if it is the case, then what is the legacy? I think, you know, it it took a hit this year, but it's intact as far as the GM goes, and I think people over time will forget about this past year and forget about him trying to be a head coach. He he just wasn't that, and uh, I think when he became a head coach this year. It also altered some of the way he made decisions and some of those decisions that he made as a GM. I think it it changed him a little bit in that regard. And, and you know, he made some very head-scratching type decisions like asking a lot of players this year to take uh, pay cuts in the middle of the season. I, you know, I don't think, you know, Jim Pop, the GM five years ago, is doing that, certainly not to the level he did it this year. So... Having said all that, I think the the reputation will be intact, but he he's also going to be sought after next year. I mean, what happens in Toronto? Is Jim Barker back in Toronto? I think that's up in the air. If he's not, and there's a change there, you know, there's already talk that he would Jim Pop would be immediately interviewed, and it would be an interview that would include the question as to whether or not he could try and lure uh, Mark Tressman back and and make get that duo together again mm-hmm. like they had in Montreal a couple of years ago. Well, you know, and we talked about this, what, a month ago on this program? Yep. We talked about the fact that, you know, John Huffnagel's name is going to be thrown out there, and we know that's going to be the case. Uh, we know Mark Tressman's name is going to be thrown out there. We know Danny Machoch's name is going to be thrown out there. Uh, does this person that takes over that role, does, it have, does he have to be uh, bilingual? 
Oh, I think it helps, and I think that's why already Danny Machocha has been contacted. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and Machocha has, who's at the University of Montreal, in a very good job right now with great security, uh, very comfortable. He He's not going to get into detail and talk too much about it because he owes it and has already said that he owes it to the guys that he's working with in that college program. So, you know, he's it's going to be um, a little bit, they're going to tiptoe around this a little bit, but, uh, you know, being bilingual helps his experience in the CFL helps he's worked with Jacques Chapdelaine back in Edmonton years ago mm-hmm. um, so there's a connection there if they want to keep the two together um, you know I, 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 but there will be a list put together Jacques there's going to be you know a list of candidates put together and I think Huffnagel will be on it not that John Huffnagel is going anywhere but um, you know why wouldn't you I mean you you have to make that list if you're Montreal that has the best possible names on it mm-hmm. and Huffnagel's will be at the top of it yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's any question about that because you wouldn't be doing due diligence if you don't right. at least ask for permission to talk to the gentleman. And if he, you know, if you don't get permission or whatever, then then that's fine. But as you say, you gotta you gotta come up with a list. Um, uh, this will be an important hire, I think, for the Montreal Alouettes. Interesting that Jacques Chapdelaine is still there as the head coach. Is this the right thing to do? Just keep Jacques Chapdelaine in that uh, position uh, as you hire a new general manager, and then you leave it up to the new general manager whether or not he wants to keep Jacques ba- on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's and they actually mentioned that in their press conference today, Montreal, that they want to hire the GM and let him hire his head coach. I think that's the way you've got to do it because that's the working relationship that's going to be crucial uh, moving forward. The GM bringing in the talent and working with the coach to put on the field what that coach needs and what he requests. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the best way. That's the way you can you can build success, and then let that head coach hire his assistants. That doesn't mean that Chapdelaine won't be part of that process. And I'm sure if they hire another GM first, and he's just a GM, not both roles, that Jock will be um, interviewed. I, I you know I think the Wetnall family has already said publicly that they've been very impressed with the way he's handled it, and he's bilingual, and that helps. You know, I mean. It helps when they draft a, a guy that is bilingual that played football in Quebec. It, it it helps their organization there. It's just a natural, and so it would help in the coaching ranks as well. Um, but, yeah, they, they've got to make this decision quickly so that if they go with two guys, it gives the new GM a chance to, you know, find the right guy as soon as he's available um, once the season is over for all teams. And, and it's it's a little bit tricky here because they're not going to talk to teams that are still in the fight when there's all six are still in it. Right. Uh, Glenn Suters, our CFL insider on Sports Talk with Jock. Let's move on to Saskatchewan. There's a little bit of a disconnect here. And, and first of all, I'll play you the quote from Riders quarterback Darian Durant talking about his contract situation. Here's Darian Durant. You know, I think right now it's pretty much at a standstill. I think, uh, you know, we've presented an offer that we feel is more than reasonable and uh, you know it's up to the team to accept it pretty much so uh, if they don't then you know I know where I stand and you know I know what the situation is but uh, it's out of my hands. So it sounds like Darian Durant has drawn a line in the sand but before we talk about that with Glenn Suter let's hear from Chris Jones the head coach and the head honcho with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider organization. Darian's you know he's certainly a, a, a guy that uh, 
he's earned the respect that he can say what he wants. But at the same time, again, I just I'm the kind of guy that likes to keep things in house. But that's uh, Darian's option to do what he needs to do. So Chris Jones says, "Hey, we want to sign the guy." Uh, the quarterback says, "Hey, this is at a standstill. It's going nowhere. I'd put an offer on the table if they don't want to accept it. I, I know where I stand." What do we take away from this, Glenn? Well, at first, I don't think we jump to conclusions that this is a uh, you know a Darian Durant that who, who's demanding a whole bunch of money and has said, "Hey, this is what I'm worth. I don't care. I'm this is the line in the sand as you mentioned, and I'm not budging." I don't think it's that scenario at all. I think what this is is Durant saying over the last two years, and partly due to injury, but also that he wanted to prove himself again he's taken pay cuts twice and you know i think he's dropped from one of the top paid players in the league which he deserved coming out of that 2013 season um to you know a sort of a middle of the road starting quarterback which is still good money um but he's now i think saying it, it, it very simply without knowing the numbers here uh i think he's very simply saying they've got to give me an offer that is starting quarterback money and right now it's an offer that is backup quarterback money i think that's i think that's basically the 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 line that he's drawing he said i think he's saying by this that i'm not going to go down to backup quarterback money because even if you rank him number 9 in the league as a starter let's say he's in your mind the ninth best starting quarterback in the league just mm-hmm. just say um that's still starting quarterback money yeah. so you know what the actual numbers are doesn't really matter but basically a backup is getting half of what a starter is going to get and i don't think darian after taking two pay cuts in a row is going to go down to backup money so that the organization can see what they have and keep them in the fold and see what they have in the young guys i don't think i don't think he's going to do that i think he'll go to free agency and you know if if you're a rider fan that wants to see Darian back in the starting quarterback next year I think you're becoming less and less optimistic that that's going to happen every day yeah, no, I, I think you're bang on, because that's where I wanted to go next, Glenn. The fact is, uh, Chris Jones is saying all the right things, saying, we want this guy back. We you know, have an offer on the table. We're doing everything we can to re-sign the quarterback. But deep down, I'm starting to wonder, and again, this is my own opinion, whether or not he really wants Darian Durant back. You start to get that feeling because of the way he answers it. He does say the right things. He said, you know, we, we want Darian Durant back, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's not... We're doing our best, and we. This is our guy. This is our starting quarterback. This is our, you know, franchise player. It's not that kind of language. It's sort of, we want him back. He's been a, a forever rider. Um, you know, he's. We're working on it. It's. It's more sort of neutral uh, discussions from from their camp, from the the teams. You know, from Chris Jones. So. I get that sense too, and and I know there's lots of talk that Chris Jones is going to hold out till he can make a deal for James Franklin and Edmonton. Well, you know, I, I got news for anyone that thinks that could happen this off season. First of all, do you really think Ed Hervey, <laughs> after the off season and losing his entire coaching staff last year, that he is going to just say, yeah, if Chris Jones wants to make a deal with James Franklin, we're listening. You think he's going to do that? Wow. I think he would trade him to anybody else but Saskatchewan. And and if he waits another year for him to become a free agent, 
then are they going to go through another year of trying to find a quarterback without Daring Duran in the fold? I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's a tricky one in Saskatchewan right now. You know the Ryder Nation a lot better than I do. Uh, you do a radio show there. You've obviously played in that city. What happens if Darian Durant doesn't resign? How, how do you think the, the Ryder fan base is going to react? Yeah, there's there's some polls that, that we done, we've done on the station that I work for there that it's, it's about 75% that are saying it's just so crucial that he's back and that they open the new stadium with him as the starting quarterback. Um, so that gives you sort of a percentage of, of where the fan base is sitting. There are some. There are, you know, around 10% of the people saying, you know, it's time to move on. He's He's mid-30s. He's come off a couple of bad injuries, um, you know, trouble scoring touchdowns. But, again, I, I would say this to the critics that, you know, when when be careful what you wish for because when you do have an established starter, and I think he's proven that he's come back from those injuries this year. I mean, he's gone through 22 different receivers that have caught at least one pass, six different tailbacks, a completely reworked O-line, a new offensive coordinator again this year. I mean, it, you know, you start stacking up some of the things that have hit that team offensively, and I'm not sure if Joe Montana is moving the ball with them at times. But, um, you know, I think the bottom line is you got to say – is as an organization or a fan base or whomever, is he a starting quarterback in the league? Is he a top six, top seven quarterback in the league? If so, then the offer from the club has got to be starting money. If he, if you don't think he is, if you think he's a Travis Lule, then you might as well cut ties right now because it's not going to happen. I don't think, I don't think Darian Durant's going to sign for backup money right now. I don't think he's going to do it. Let's move on to the Toronto Argonauts, another team that's cleaning out their lockers. Their season is done. Argos head coach Scott Milanovic, he took the bullet with the media earlier today. And there's never just one thing. There's, there's 40 things, all of which sound like excuses. The reality is I'm the head coach. I'm responsible for product because on the field, and, and I was not able to get us to play consistently enough to overcome the issues that we did have. That's the bottom line. You know, Glenn, I love it when a coach w- will do that type of thing. You know, doesn't doesn't throw anybody, doesn't throw any players under the bus, just says, I didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, it, it, it's it's outstanding. I've always had great respect for Scott Milanovic. In fact, I know on this show over the fat past few years, even I've I've said he's always in consideration, no matter what their record, I always consider him as a coach of the year. Because I get to talk like you do with all of them and interview them and talk about their team and behind and their philosophies. And you get to do that throughout the year, year after year. And, uh, you know, Scott's always been a guy that I've respected so much. I, I'm i not sure, though, what's going to happen there. I mean, you, you take a look at Jim Barker and some of the moves. I mean, Jim Barker's, whether they like it or not, is going to get sort of labeled with the, you know, Zach Caleros loss that they basically had to do the Trevor Harris. They had a couple of quarterbacks there that they could build their future around and didn't do that. And didn't, you know, went with Ricky Ray. Um, Ricky still wants to play again. They got to make a decision, you know, sooner rather than later on Ray's status and what they want to do with him. Um, you know, I, but I do like that press conference. Hey, Chris Jones said today when he was asked to grade, his coaching job this year, he said, I'd give myself an F. <laughs> there you so, go. That's... I mean, I, you do like it when a coach takes the responsibility that he, you know, that he should and has to take. Does Toronto not make any moves until after the 104th Grey Cup Championship because that game is at the home of the Argos, or is that a move? If they're going to make it, they should do it right away. No, I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not too worried if I'm them about... 
um, you know, trying to steal a headline or anything like that. I, I think if you've got to make some moves, make them sooner rather than later. And if you can actually, I mean, Jim Pop is as of today available. And if and if that's a serious consideration, and you're going to make a move at the GM, and Jim Barker's not your guy going forward, why not make that decision now? Create some news in that city as they lead up to the Grey Cup. I mean, uh, we're going to have two weeks of great playoff football coming up that are are going to be the promos for for what we hope to be an outstanding matchup in the Grey Cup game, and maybe an All West matchup this year. And you know. That'll take care of itself. I, I think you got to do what's best for the organization if you're in Toronto, and that is make these decisions as quickly as you can. we got to take a break. We're going to come back more with our CFL insider, Glenn Suter. Easy to call, easy to text, 403-974-TALK. That's one number, 403-974-8255. Follow us on Twitter at SportsOn770. My email address, jock at newstalk770.com. One more quick segment with Glenn Suter when we come back on Sports Talk with Jock. Sports Talk with Jock, weekdays from 6.30 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary, CHQR.